So the handout that I have for you is, the, the title is, How Do I Pray for Healing? I've been doing uh, um, another Karis Bible College course. It's called Receiving from God. It's um, two courses, actually, and it's divided into sections. And one of the sections is all about praying. It's about prayer. So there are four hours of teaching on prayer. And this was one little nugget that Andrew Womack, he's the teacher in this course, shared maybe five minutes worth. And it was like, as I was listening, I thought, oh, this is powerful. So I took some of the concepts and it's like, okay, I'm just going to seek God about it. That's what we're going to be here talking about tonight. So what we're going to look at are many different kinds of prayer. They all have different parameters or different... um, Andrew used the word rules, but I don't like the word rules. But different parameters that govern different kinds of prayer. But as these prayers, these kinds of prayer, come together, they are very powerful to appropriate, to take hold of the healing that's already been paid for through Jesus. The work is done. Kathy, you said it so beautifully. This is Holy Week. And we're celebrating. We celebrate every day. But this is a season in the, in the church year where we really put our focus on what Jesus accomplished for us. And healing was part of the atonement. Healing was part of what was purchased that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the, the Last Supper, the Passion, the, the, the day of torture and crucifixion, Jesus' death and resurrection. That's when our healing was purchased. So that's all past tense. Our part is to believe it and to receive it. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. How we can effectively pray. In James, it says that the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And that word avails means um, miracle working power. It's the word dunamis. It's miracle working in its power. So this is something else that Andrew said. So don't look at me for being too tough because Andrew said it first so I'm just repeating it he said he thinks that sometimes we pray for people too soon because we need to have truth in our heart before we receive it in our flesh now that's not always the case because the gifts of the spirit can totally work where the person praying and the 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 faith of the person praying and the power of God, it does heal in gifts of the spirit. But more often than not, the person receiving also has a part to play. And when we have truth in our heart, that is the, the, the one of the keys for receiving it in your flesh. So Andrew says, it's really important to get truth in your heart. And that's why often after our time of teaching, that's when we pray because you're built up The anointing of the word is there. The truth of the word that's settled in your heart is there. And that's a really awesome time to pray for people and see healing manifest. So the first thing before I talk about six different parameters of prayer, six different kinds of prayer that go together beautifully to pray for healing, I want to say talk about something else first. In a very um, summarized version, because this is a powerful, long, intense teaching, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. But it's about renewing your mind. Um, and my favorite scripture for renewal, renewing of the mind is Romans 12, 2. And so that's the first scripture we're going to look at. 
Um, Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So the first thing the scripture tells us, the truth of that word tells us, is don't conform to the world's way. Conform means to be pressed into the mold of the world. You guys are here on a Tuesday night being fed the word and coming for healing prayer. So you're, you're probably not in that place. But that's where the world is. The world is often pressed into the mold of doing things the world's way. Independence, research, seeking, searching, going here, there, and the next place, doing everything you can do in every realm to receive healing. And sometimes God is a part of that, but God is not always the Lord over everything. God says, don't do it the world's way. I have a better way. And his way is to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. The word transformation is the same word that our word metamorphosis comes from. And it means to be changed from one form into another. I get to witness that. I had a woman last night who came to our meeting. She's fighting ALS. It's a nasty disease. This is what she told me. She said, Cindy, something changed in the last two weeks. All of the fear left. All of the oppression left. She said, I am filled with joy. I am filled with peace. She said, it's amazing. This is a woman diagnosed with ALS. And she's got a lot of symptoms going on in her body. That is being transformed by the renewing of her mind. She's being changed from one form into another. The word renewing means to renovate or to remodel. When you remodel your home, when you remodel something in your house, we put a new floor in. You guys did a whole house almost. Jenny and, 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 and Joe. Jenny and Joe did almost their whole house last year. And you know what the demolition was like, right? Because you can't just put the new in until you demolish the old we put in a new tile floor over about 1,000 square feet of our house last year. It was a crazy mess. They brought a jackhammer, multiple jackhammers, into our house, and that's how they took our floor out. Not just the tile, but the cement under the tile. It was huge. Demolition. That's what we need to do as we are renewed because we need to demolish old mindsets. We need to demolish things that we have been believing that aren't in agreement with the word. God did his part. Our part is to agree with him. And if we're not agreeing with him, we're, probably, we're not going to get what he gave us, what he paid for. So our part is to demolish the old mindsets and replace them with new mindsets. And here's probably the best example that I can give that many of you have already lived through, if it be your will. How many of you have prayed, if it be your will, in regards to healing? Yep. But we didn't know that it is God's will to heal. So we were praying, God, if it be your will, but it is his will because his word is his will. Those little pocketbooks over there have scripture after scripture after scripture about God's will to heal, about what Jesus did when he walked on this earth. 
about Jesus taking the stripes on his back for our healing, about Jesus being the chastisement for our shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken. Scripture after scripture after scripture of promises about healing that have all been fulfilled through Christ that God says yes to, right? But many of us pray, God, if it be your will, heal me. That was something we were taught and we didn't know any different. So that's how we prayed. And when we were praying, God, if it be your will, heal me, we weren't agreeing with his word. Sometimes this is what I pray. I kind of use that format, but I say, God, let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. It is your will to heal. So thank you, God, that your will is manifest right here, right now, through healing. Because I know it's his will to heal. But it's not, there's no if, there's no maybe, there's no question mark. Only an exclamation mark. So that's an example of demolishing an old mindset and replacing it with new. And then the next sentence says, then, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Now that word, test and approve, means to test and examine with the word. Because this renewal, I'm going to go there in a second. This renewal is renewing your mind with the word, with the promises of God. And when you do, when the promises of God take up residence in your heart, you, you examine the word, you examine the promises, and you come to realize that they are genuine through that examination. And that's what you're doing. You're proving God's will, his good and his perfect and his pleasing will. Renewing your mind. So how do you get to that place from um, old mindset to new mindset? How do you go from that place to be metamorphosized from a caterpillar that doesn't understand or know God's perfect will to the butterfly that not only knows, but reaps the benefits of the promises. I'm glad you asked. Romans chapter 10. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That word saved is sozo. Saved, healed, delivered. That's what sozo means. Saved, healed, delivered, made whole. So, believing in the Lord, believing in the promises, we will be saved or sozoed. But how? How can they call on the one they've not believed in? How can they believe in the one that they've not heard? I'd never heard of Jesus the healer, friends, before I was diagnosed. I knew about Jesus the forgiver. I knew about Jesus the one who... Who, who saved me from hell so that I could go to heaven. But I didn't know about Jesus the healer. I'd never been taught. I'd never heard. And I'd never read the word. How can they know? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. I've said that about my Jenny so many times. Thank God Jenny told me the truth. But... Not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For um, Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? You can hear it 
and for whatever reason choose not to accept or believe it. Consequently, faith, believing, comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. This meeting is all about Jesus. And when you come, that's what you're going to do. You're going to hear the message about Jesus. You're going to hear specifically the message about Jesus, the healer. The word hearing that's underlined is the Greek word A-K-O-E. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. But it means to have an audience with. Or and to come to the ears. So faith comes as we have an audience with the word. With, and Jesus is the word made flesh. The Holy Spirit breathes life into this word. We have an audience with God, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. And he breathes life into it. And that's what the word word means. It means rhema. Rhema, or God speaking to you and revealing truth from, from his promises into your heart. So faith comes from having this audience with God with the message, and the message that we hear is this rhema, this spoken word about Jesus. Isn't that good? So, to get from that place of a mindset of, of misunderstanding or not full understanding to a place of agreement with God and his promises, how does that happen? There's a lot of ways. And again, this is a deep teaching that I'm not going to go deep into right now, but just a couple of nuggets. One is exactly what you're doing now, and that's to feed on teaching. That scripture says, that we just read, says people don't know if they don't hear. And how can they hear if somebody doesn't tell them? Not everybody picks up the word and reads it. Some of us need somebody to kind of lead us there. That's what I had to help us, to teach us. I had lots of questions and every question I had, Jenny answered with a Bible. She would open it up and show me the answer and then expound on it. So come and hear good teaching. You, there's so many places you can get teaching of, about healing. This is all I teach is healing. Yeah. They are online. We have hundreds of teachings online. Kent is videoing this right now. It'll be on there probably tomorrow. And it's not because I like to be in front of a camera. I don't even pay attention to that thing. It's because I want God's word out there. And I point people all the time to the teaching of the, the word about healing. There's a lot of good teachers. Andrew Womack's a really good one. He's my favorite one that I listen to. Joseph Prince, really good. There's a lot of powerful teachers out there, Bethel teachings, but many of those aren't specifically about healing. So anyway, go and hear the teaching of the word. But even more important than that is the scripture that God breathes to your heart. Look for a scripture. If he hasn't, if you don't know what that means, well, how do I know which one of these scriptures is mine? Start looking. Start searching for a scripture that applies to your need. Again, those little pocketbooks are a good place to start because somebody has already taken the time to, to gather together a lot of healing scriptures. Find a scripture or two that apply to your situation and then start meditating on it. Read them aloud. Read them aloud. Read them aloud. Talk to God about them. Pray about them. Ask him questions about those scriptures. 
What's happening when you're feeding on the word is that seed is going into this soil. That seed, living seed, living word is going into the soil of your heart. And the more that you meditate, the more that you water the word through meditation, that seed starts to grow, take root, and get deeply established in your heart. I like to use the analogy of pregnancy. So men, excuse me, you can just pretend. It's awesome. It was awesome. Never have to do that again. But when you get pregnant, you don't know you're pregnant. You can, well, not usually right away. You conceive the seed, you become pregnant, but then you nurture it. And that's what happens as you meditate on that scripture. You nurture it and nurture it. You incubate it. You keep it safe, well-fed, well-cared for. And in, in the natural, pregnancy starts to show. You get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger with pregnancy until you are ready to deliver. In my case, I was pregnant with a promise for about six months before I delivered my healing. I was diagnosed in February and I was completely healed in July. And all that time I was meditating on the word, renewing my mind, being transformed from one form to another, demolishing old mindsets and establishing new. The promise of your breakthrough is contained in the seed of scripture. And the seed contains the harvest. But you need to have that truth in your heart before you receive it in your flesh. So this is like the prerequisite to all of that prayer that we're always praying is to have that seed in your heart. And then there's a box on your page. I'm going to read it right now. We must feed our hearts with God's truth until we believe in our heart that healing is really ours, purchased for us on Calvary and received as an integral part of our salvation. Do you notice that's all past tense? It's purchased. It's already purchased. It's received when we receive salvation. It becomes our inheritance. Now, that doesn't mean that you've seen it yet in the flesh, but it's yours in the spiritual realm. It's part of your inheritance. And as your soul, as your heart becomes renewed, as your mind becomes renewed, then it can move from that spiritual realm into your flesh, into the natural realm. And then here's a beautiful quote. We can say this. I'm not a sick person anymore. Nope, that's not me. I'm not a sick person fighting to get healed. I've already received healing. It's a blessing of God. And now I'm just defending my healing. That's a whole different mindset. It's a shift. It's not, instead of trying to get something from God or trying to get God to move or trying to get God to give you this gift, you realize you're not, you don't have to get it because it's already yours. It's much easier to defend your healing that's already yours than to just try to get something that's not yours. Healing's already yours. Did you change that wire, honey? Okay. Okay. Just keep going. Okay. Okay. So now I'm going to go into those six kinds of prayers. And you'll notice as I share these kinds of prayers that I couldn't, I couldn't just share one because they all just go together beautifully.
The first one is the prayer of petition. Prayer of petition is where, this is really the only part of the prayer where you're asking God for anything. The prayer of petition is a specific request for a specific need. Now, you may have a big need like healed of cancer. And yes, that is a specific need. But in the midst of your journey, there may be other specific needs in the midst of that journey. I'm going to repeat just this thing. So a prayer of petition isn't just the big picture. Yes, we want cancer to go away. Jesus paid for it. And it's ours, and we want to agree with God for the whole package. But many times there are small pieces along the way. For example, when I was um, in the middle of my fight with cancer, one of the first things that God answered for me was removing pain. I had, when I was first diagnosed, pain came like, a, like crazy, and it came fast and it came hard. Looking back, I believe it was a spirit of pain. I believe it was a demonic attack trying to get me to buy at hook, line, and sinker. But one of the first things that happened was I went to a healing meeting. I had prayer, healing prayer. And after I left that healing meeting, the pain started to diminish. It didn't diminish at the healing meeting. I was prayed for on a Friday night. I had terrible pain. By the next day, the pain was less. And by the third day, it was gone and it never came back. So that was a huge answer to prayer. I still had cancer, but I didn't have pain. Another example would be praying for a specific test result in the midst of your journey. Another example would be praying for um, a, a specific need, whatever that might be. I'm going to give you some more examples of this as I go tonight. But those are petitions. Let's look at a scripture that talks about praying the prayer of petition. It's Mark 11:24. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask... When you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Yeah. Notice, it says, when you pray, believe that you receive. It says, ask, believe, receive. It doesn't say ask and then after you get the answer, believe. The world says you have to see it to believe it. But that scripture says that you have to believe it to see it. The world says you have to see it to believe it. But that scripture says you have to believe it to see it. That's the prayer of petition. It's asking with specific request, believing when you pray that you've received it or taken it. And the promise says that you'll have what you ask. I'm going to read two more promises. The next one is 1 John 5, verse 14 and 15. I love this word. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we've asked of him. Listen to that confidence. Our confidence isn't in us. Our confidence is in him. Our confidence is in his promises. And agreeing with his promises. And we know when we ask according to his will. And again, I know his will about healing. So I can ask confidently according to this word, knowing that he hears me and he answers me. That's amazing. 
We have confidence because of our, our knowledge of our Father and his faithfulness, our knowledge of his promises, and that he says yes to every one of those promises. 1 Samuel 1.17, this comes from the account in the Bible where Hannah is believing for a pregnancy, and she's going to God with her petition, with, with fervency praying, with tears praying to become pregnant. And when she does, Eli the priest says to her, go in peace and may the God of Israel grant your petition that you've asked of him. So our part is after we ask, believe that we have received, go in peace with the confidence that it's done because he hears us and he answers our prayers. That's faith. Asking, and when you ask, believe that you receive with confidence, going in peace, knowing that he has heard you and answered your prayer. Right along with that, prayer of petition is the prayer of thanksgiving. We go to the next slide, please. This is Philippians 4, verse um, 6. God says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the word request there is also petitions. It's the same word. So God says to come to me with prayer, with thanksgiving, and let your petitions or your requests be made known to God. Notice God says to pray with thanksgiving. Pray and thank him. Why? Because we know his promises and we know that all of his promises are yes. So when we go to him with those prayers, we immediately thank him because we have these amazing promises and we have confidence in him and in his faithfulness. This is a powerful prayer. There is a big connection between praying with thanksgiving and faith. Let me read the scripture. This is Colossians 2 verse 6 and 7. As you, therefore, have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. The word it at the very end of the scripture is referring to your faith. Let me read it again. We are in Christ Jesus, walking in him. He's in us. We're in him. And as we allow his word to come into our heart, as we meditate on that word and allow that word to come in, it becomes rooted and established and deepened in us. That's faith. And, and as you've been taught, that's what's happening right now. You, you're, you're hearing, you're receiving the word. When you're at home meditating on scriptures, you're being taught the word. And what happens? You abound in it. That's the faith. You abound in the faith with thanksgiving. The word abound means um, existing in great or plentiful quantity or supply. You're abounding in faith great plentiful supply of faith with thanksgiving. There's a connection between praying and praying with thanksgiving. There's a connection with faith. Faith happens when you pray with thanksgiving. I'm going to say, I feel like I need to say this again. 
when you're praying, believe, asking, believing that you received with thanksgiving of the promises of God, that's faith. Knowing that that promise is yours, knowing that Jesus, that God says yes to every one of those promises, that they're fulfilled through Christ, that's faith. And it abounds, great capacity, great amount. I'm going to give you Cindy's first grade version of algebra. When there's an equal sign, both sides of the equations balance, right? So this scripture says that when we pray with thanksgiving, we abound in faith. Thanksgiving equals abounding in faith. But with algebra, if you change one side of the equation, you have to change the other so that they balance. So I could also say, no thanksgiving, no faith. There is a powerful connection between praying with thanksgiving in those promises that God has given me and having abounding faith. So thanksgiving builds our faith and then that faith sustains us while we continue to believe for our complete miracle. We're talking about praying for healing here. When we pray with thanksgiving, it sustains us. It sustains our faith while we're waiting for that manifestation to come. So the key to sustaining our faith while we wait for our miracle, twofold. First of all, thanksgiving in what the word says he's done. Thanksgiving in the promises of healing. Thanksgiving in the finished work of Jesus that we're celebrating in a big way this week during Holy Week. Thanksgiving in Jesus, our Redeemer, our Healer, our Savior, and all else that he is. The second part of our thanksgiving is thanking him for every step of progress we've seen along the way. Every God incident, everything that you've seen. In my case, when that pain left, that was a big time of thanksgiving. About a month after that, I had an inconclusive report instead of a bad report. That was a, me that was a reason for me to give thanksgiving. Every step of progress along the way. I want to share right now, this Saturday, there's a woman from Rochester Christian Church. Her name's Freddie. Um, last name, Shunk. Freddie Shunk. And she comes on to our Monday night meeting. She's in the middle of a healing journey. She was diagnosed with uh, either ovarian or uterus, or ovarian or uterus cancer. I don't know which one. Um, about a year ago. And she's in the midst. She's not, she doesn't have the doctor's report yet that says it's done. She doesn't have that yet, but she is doing amazing. Oh my gosh, it, the, her testimony is just phenomenal. This Saturday, she is using this room. She's on our worship team at Rochester Church. So like once a month, she's on the worship team and she's leading worship with a bunch of other people. This Saturday, she's having a worship and Thanksgiving meeting right here. She's not done with her journey, but she is taking time to worship God, to praise him, to thank him for what his word says he's done and for all of the progress that she's seen so far in her journey and knowing the end of the story because that's the word and she trusts the word. 
She's doing wonderful. I have interviewed her, and she's done a big video, and we were sitting in two chairs doing the interview. She had a chemo pump on during the interview. You'd never know it. She is thriving through the journey. She is standing strong in faith. She speaks only life, and that's what she's seeing, and that's the result she's seeing in her body. She's going to be here Saturday, and she told me I can invite you guys. If you have nothing going on Saturday night, come on, right here to this room. We're going to be worshiping and praising, and it's not just for Freddie. We're worshiping and praising for Jesus the healer and his healing and his promises and his finished work. That's an example of praying with thanksgiving. Now I'm going to share a little analogy. Think about an apple. An apple doesn't become an apple when it's fully grown. An apple begins its life in a seed form. The harvest is in the seed. In the same way, miracles do not come to pass only when we receive the complete breakthrough or the complete healing. Every step of progress that we experience on the way to wholeness and healing should be celebrated like a seed of the complete miracle. The seed contains the harvest. So all of you sitting here, if you're in the middle of a journey, if you don't have that final good report, you have the seed of your miracle now. And the seed contains the breakthrough. The seed contains the miracle. The seed of the word, the seed of everything you've seen in your own life, your own testimonies, the seed of other people's testimonies that are prophetic over you because God didn't just do it for me. My testimony is a prophetic word for you, for your future, because that's God's will. That's God's word. So those two prayers, the prayer of petition and thanksgiving go hand in hand. The third kind of prayer is the prayer of agreement. A prayer of agreement is two or more believers praying with one mind, with one accord, in complete agreement with the word and with one another. In harmony, not in dissonance. If you're a musician, you know the difference. Dissonance clashes, dissonance hurts. That happens a lot in prayer, guys, where two people are praying but they are not in full agreement. We're going to talk a little bit more about that, but I want to read a scripture first. Matthew 18, starting with verse 18. I assure you and most solemnly I say to you, whatever you bind, forbid, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth shall have already been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, permit, or declare lawful on earth shall have already been loosed in heaven. Before I go on, I want to just explain a little bit. This is the scripture about binding and loosing. We have been given authority to do this. We've been given authority to bind and to loose on earth what's already bound and loose in heaven. To bind means to forbid. Whatever's forbidden in heaven, we have authority to Forbid on earth, and I guarantee you, anything that steals, kills, or destroys is forbidden in heaven, and we have authority to forbid it here on earth. And whatever is loosed in heaven means permitted. 
Whatever's permitted in heaven, we have authority to permit here on earth. Healing, wholeness, life, joy, love, peace, strength. We have authority to loose here on earth. And this is connected with the prayer of agreement. So the next verse says, again, I say to you that if two believers on earth agree, that is, are of one mind in harmony about anything um, they ask within the will of God, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, meeting together as my followers, I am there among them. Again, the prayer of agreement isn't just agreeing with one another. It's agreeing with God and his word and one another. I picked that particular translation because it's important that we pray according to the will of God. Healing is his will. This is a healing class. And when we agree together about his promises and pray together in agreement, there's great power in that prayer. But that's what we need. We need powerful prayer warriors that are agreeing with us in the promise of God, not agreeing with the problem. We need people who are strong with us, not pitying us. We need people who are strong, agreeing to bind what's already bound in heaven and to permit or loose what's already permitted or loosed in heaven. So I'm going to give you some uh, a, a caution, and then I'm going to give you some suggestions. My caution, and you can take it or leave it, but this is me. I am very cautious about putting prayer requests on Facebook or on big email blasts. I'll, I'll refine that in a minute. But to just put it out there for anybody and everybody, I'm cautious of that. Why? Because it doesn't just elicit prayers. It often elicits negative talk. Talk about death instead of talk about life. Talk about the problem instead of talk about the solution and the, the healer. So it's, it can be dangerous because words are very powerful. Another reason why I don't do that is because I only want people praying for me that know the promises of God and are praying with authority what that word says. I don't want other things being prayed for me. So I'm very careful about putting prayer. You don't see me. If you're my Facebook friends, I don't put prayer requests on Facebook. I put grandbaby pictures and stuff like that. But I don't put prayer requests. So what should you do? How can you elicit powerful prayer of agreement? Here's some suggestions. Whoever you're asking to pray for you, make sure they are truly in agreement with God's word. You know a lot of people here. That's why we put that phone list out there. There's a phone list on the table of our whole team. They will pray in agreement with you. We have some people here. I was talking to you today, Mary Bean, Roy, and I'm sure there's more, who are coming to this meeting to learn and to take it out and give it. So there are many powerful people that you can ask to pray for you. So that's number one. Number two, give them specific petitions to pray for. Tell them specifically what your need is. Number three, give them a scripture or two to declare over your situation. If God has given you a scripture that you're believing, a promise that you're believing, share that promise, share that scripture, and let them pray that scripture over you. And then 
as each petition is answered, share the, the answer, share the, the testimony of that peace that was answered. I want to give you an example of how this happened in my life a few years ago. My um, brother-in-law had a very serious accident. He was trimming a tree in the wintertime, and uh, when he went to cut a branch off, the branch hit his ladder, and he flew uh, about 18 feet and landed on the frozen ground and was really seriously, critically injured. And my sister is a spirit-filled, strong prayer believer, you know, a Christian woman. And the Holy Spirit spoke to her. She was in the house and said, go to your husband. And she went immediately and she saw him through the window fly. And um, so she was there immediately. She called 911 immediately and went out there and started praying over her husband, speaking life and rebuking death because it was a life and death situation. So what happened to Jean was his um, um, lungs, I don't know if both lungs, but at least one lung collapsed and his whole rib cage was shattered. The doctor said that he won the award for the most fractures. Never seen that many fractures ever. If you've had one fractured rib, you know how painful that is. He had every rib fractured in multiple places. Um, he had a trach and he had a ventilator because he couldn't breathe because his lungs were in his rib cage and everything. So he was in really serious. Joe had that a while ago. This is, this is more information than you needed, isn't it, buddy? Yeah. Okay. So my sister called me, and the first thing I did was I called work, and I took a week off of work, and I went to be with my sister and her husband, who was in ICU in Grand Rapids. And this prayer is what we prayed, the prayer of agreement. I asked my sister, I said, what are you believing for? But that by the time I got there, his life was stable. So we knew that much. So the doctors gave her lots of ex- what they expected to happen. They, they expected him to be in ICU for a certain amount of time. And I don't remember all of the details, but I'm just going to say I was about a week. They expected him to be in ICU for about a week and then in a step-down unit for a couple more weeks and then rehab for about six weeks before he would be able to go home. So my sister said, because I asked her, what do you want to believe for? We need to agree. She said, I want to pray for twice as good. So if the doctor said one week, we prayed for three and a half days. If the doctor said three weeks of step down, we prayed for one and a half weeks. So that's how we were praying. Very specific petitions in agreement. This is what happened. Everything we prayed came to pass way better than what we prayed. So it was way less than half. He never even went to rehab. He went from the ICU for much less time than they expected to a step-down room to home. It was so powerfully um, way above what, we, what the doctors expected. The other thing that we did, she did do an email list, but she was very specific with her email list. And when she sent out her email prayer requests, they were specific petitions for what Jean needed for that day. Very specific. He was on the ventilator and with a trach. So one of the things I remember asking prayer for was that he could breathe more on his own and need less oxygen. And the doctors gave us a number. I don't remember what it was, but they gave us a number. He needed to be at the specific oxygen level before they could take him off of the ventilator. So we prayed for that number, a specific petition. 
And then we prayed that he would be able to breathe without the ventilator, a specific petition. Then we prayed that he would, you know, the next step. We just prayed step by step by step. This is what my sister didn't do. She never put out on that email all of the bad stuff like I just told you. She never put this awful report about all of the bad stuff. She only said, this is where he is. This is what we need today. And then the next day, almost every day, we had that prayer answered. And then she could give the good report. It was just phenomenal how the healing progressed. And that was the prayer of agreement. So that's an example of being very careful about how you pray. And, and, and we also gave scriptures. We also put scriptures in that email for them to pray over him. And he's completely recovered. One of the things the doctor told my sister at that time, he loved to scuba dive. And because there was so much damage to his lungs, they said he would never be able to scuba dive again. But he's been completely released to do everything, including scuba diving, because he's completely healed. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. So the prayer of agreement, powerful prayer. The third kind of prayer is the prayer of authority. And um, authority, the definition or the, the Greek word is exousia. It means the power of influence and right privilege that must be obeyed or submitted to. Now, here's the cool thing. You and I have been commissioned with authority. We have the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us. And we have the authority to use the power, to release the power of authority. And it must be obeyed. We partner together with Jesus. That's what commission means. Co is, means with. And mission is we are with Jesus in his mission here on earth today. And over the last year or so, I've, God has just given me the simple picture of the mission of Jesus. It's twofold to advance the kingdom and to destroy the kingdom of darkness. To advance the kingdom of God and to destroy the kingdom of darkness. We can do that. We have authority. And this is one of the ways that we pray. And you hear us pray. The prayer of authority. Let me give you a scripture. This is um, Mark eleven twenty three. Jesus is speaking and he says to you, he says to me, I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. That goes back to asking and believing that you receive it. Mark eleven twenty three from the Amplified. I assure you and most certainly say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, in God's unlimited power, but believes that what he says is going to take place, it will be done for him in accordance with God's will. That's a powerful, powerful promise. So when Jesus walked on this earth, he healed people all the time. And that was one of the powerful ways that he showed the kingdom of God. He taught about the kingdom of God. He preached about the kingdom of God. And then he demonstrated the kingdom of God. We have the authority to do that. So when we're praying healing, whether you're praying for yourself or whether you're praying for others, is to speak to the mountain with authority. Command it. You're not commanding Jesus. You're speaking to the mountain because you have authority to do that. That scripture doesn't tell you to ask Jesus to move the mountain. It says to speak to that mountain and tell it to move. 
tell it to wither, tell it to die, tell the pain to go away. And I think for me, the most authoritative way for me to do this is to address the issue face to face. So I literally speak to the problem and I'll say, cancer, listen to me, I'm talking to you. You have no right in my body. The thief is the one that comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came to give me life. And cancer, you are not life. So cancer, I'm speaking to you, and I'm saying, get out of my body. Dry up and go away. I have authority over you. So speak specifically to whatever it is. In my body, it was in my lymph nodes. Cancer was in my lymph nodes. So I spoke to my lymph nodes all the time. I said, lymph nodes, guess what? You were created to destroy disease, not to succumb to cancer. So lymph nodes, I'm talking to you right now. You are to surround, destroy cancer in Jesus' name. So speak specifically to whatever it is. Command it, demand it to move, to wither, to die, or to be healed. This is also where we have the authority to loose what's already loosed in heaven. Loose what's already permitted or permit what's already permitted in heaven. So say, healing, come. Strength, come. Peace, come. In Jesus' name, we have the authority to permit or loose what is already loosed in heaven. The other part of authority is destroying the kingdom of darkness. So we need to take authority over the works of darkness, over the enemy. He's defeated. He's a defeated foe. He's been stripped of his authority. And I have to always remind myself that our roles have been reversed. Before I was saved, the enemy had dominion over me. But no more. He was stripped of his authority. And as soon as I receive Jesus as my savior, our roles are reversed. The enemy has no more authority over me. I have authority over him. I have dominion over him but we have to know that our roles, we have to know what our role is and our roles have been reversed. Now, there may be times that you've yielded to the enemy and I'm just gonna put a few examples out there and then I'm gonna give you some good news. For example, maybe you have talked about the problem a lot and spoken about the problem a lot and fed the problem a lot. Maybe you've identified with the negative. You figured that's who you are, that's who I am. I had an identity issue for a long time because I was told I was timid. I was told I was the shy sister. Well, the, the Bible says God hasn't given me a spirit of timidity. But that took a little bit to overcome. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, but we ha but the, the point I'm making is there may be something you have identified with. There may be um, uh, uh, sickness that you've received especially if it's chronic, the doctor says you're going to have to live with this your whole life, and you may have kind of agreed with him. Now, here's the good news. Those are just some examples of letting the enemy have a heyday when he doesn't, she shouldn't. But here's the good news. All you have to do is fall out of agreement with the devil and come into agreement with God. It's called repentance. Repentance doesn't mean groveling on the floor, crying and feeling guilty. Nope. Repentance means changing your mind and agreeing with God, running into the arms of God, letting him be your daddy and agreeing with him instead of agreeing with the enemy. So if 
some of those things apply to you, don't worry about it. Just change. Say, no, I'm not going to go there. I, I might have been deceived into believing that, you know, I had to live with it, but I'm changing my mind. I'm going to act differently. I'm going to take my authority and, and, and use it. So we need to turn up the heat on the devil. Turn up the heat. And I've got four words on your sheet that I'm going to describe a little bit. Bind, rebuke, denounce, cast off. We're going to do a little deliverance work here. Bind, rebuke, renounce, or denounce, and cast off. The first one is bind. We have authority to bind, to forbid what's forbidden in heaven. So we can say to that issue, I bind you. Cancer, spirit of cancer, I bind you. Spirit of, of uh, oppression, I bind you. Spirit of depression, I forbid you to have any more power over me or my life. So we can bind. We have the authority to do that. We have a, authority to rebuke. The definition of rebuke is to express sharp, stern disapproval of. Sometimes we're way too wimpy. We're way too passive. We need to step it up and rebuke that thing, that, that darkness, that pain, whatever it is. And I believe that one of the important things we need to do is to voice that we are no longer going to be in agreement with it. Say, I rebuke cancer. Cancer, I will no longer agree with you. I will no longer agree that cancer has to be uh, overtaking me because I am an overcomer and I'm going to overcome that thing. I'm going to overcome that power over me. It has no more power over me. I'm no more agreeing with it. I cancel it out. I'm not agreeing with it anymore. And take a firm step against it. The third word is denounce. Denounce is a formal termination notice. It's legal. It's like a, a cease and desist order or an eviction notice. Eviction notice. That's a legal document. And you have it because of your authority. And it must be obeyed or submitted to. So give that thing an eviction notice. And again, speak to it. Cancer, I am giving you an eviction notice right now. Do you hear me, cancer? Here it is. Get out in the mighty name of Jesus. So denounce the, the, the thing, whatever it is. And the last one is to cast off. The Bible says we can cast off works of darkness. Cast it off. Cast off the spirit of cancer. Cast off the spirit of infirmity. Cast off the spirit of fear. Cast off the spirit of inferiority. Cast off the spirit of rejection. Whatever it is that is taken up residence in you, cast it off. The word cast off literally means to take and hurl off of you, to hurl away from you. So it's no longer part of your soul or part of your body or part of your life. But what we're doing is using authority. It's called the prayer of authority, and it's not wimpy. We can use it to advance the kingdom and we can use, of God, and we can use it to destroy the kingdom of darkness. I had a dream about a month ago when Heather was, this is the last time I talked to Heather, and um, I told you about the dream. 
But in my dream, God showed me this prayer. And he said, this is how you need to pray. And I'm taking it seriously. I, I want people healed. And God wants them healed even more than I do. So pray with authority. And this is the word God gave me that same week. And this is for me, but you can take it. And I wrote it down because somebody called me and asked me for this. And I thought, well, if they wanted it, somebody else probably wants it too. I don't remember who called me. But anyway, this is the statement that God gave me. I stand strong with unshakable, unstoppable, never-ending, powerhouse, devil-killing faith. That's who I am. Devil, you messed with the wrong lady. So you go ahead and take that and you declare it. The next kind of prayer is the prayer of edification. To edify means to build up, to strengthen, to gird you up. The word um, edify comes from the same word as edifice. Edifice is a, a, a building of large, imposing appearance. And when you're edified, that's what you look like to the enemy. So what is the prayer of edification? According to scripture, I'm going to read you two of them. It's praying in the spirit. Praying in tongues. One of the benefits to praying in the spirit is building yourself up. And if you're fighting a disease, if you're tired, if you're hurting, if you're in pain, you need to be built up spiritually. And this is one of the ways to be built up. I did a five-part teaching on praying in the spirit, in baptism of the Holy Spirit, and praying in tongues, and the benefits, and the, and the power, and all it was there's so much involved in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I have a five-part teaching that's on our website. I'm not going to teach it now, but I do want to share a couple of scriptures. First Corinthians 14.4 says, One who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but one who prophesies edifies the church, promotes growth in spiritual wisdom, devotion, holiness, and joy. They're both very powerful, and they're both very important. Speaking in tongues or praying in tongues edifies the individual. Prophecy is a gift of the Spirit for the body, and it edifies the church. Another scripture about praying in tongues is Jude 1, verse 20 and 21. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit... Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. So praying in the spirit builds us up in our faith. It literally not only builds us up spiritually, but it energizes our faith and builds up our faith. It's another key along with thanksgiving that helps our faith to grow stronger and abound. But that's not all. There's a comma. After um, verse 20, and it says, keep yourselves as you're praying in the spirit and building yourselves up in your faith. I believe that leads you to keep yourselves in the love of God. And the word keep means to carefully attend the love of God, to take care of it, to guard God's love for you. We need God's love. That's a key to walk through your journey. And there's another comma. There's more. As you're keeping yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the word looking literally means to accept or receive the mercy. As you're praying in the spirit and building up your faith, 
and guarding the love of God for you, you are also receiving the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mercy means you don't get what you deserve. And it puts you in that place of knowing, God, you're so amazing. You're such a good father. I don't get what I deserve because Jesus got what I deserved. And now I get mercy, including healing. Healing is for you. Nothing cancels you out from healing. Nothing. Jesus paid the price for you, for all of us. And as we pray in the spirit, all of this is part, is all comes together. And we take or receive the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, which leads us unto eternal life forever, Zoe. Eternal life is now and forever. It's not after I die. It's from the moment I receive Jesus. Present tense, right now, I'm living my eternal life forever. And Jesus came to give us abundant overflow of life abundant. That's eternal life. So edify yourself by praying in the spirit. That's part of your, your prayer manna, part of this amazing healing prayer menu, whatever you want to call it. And the last one is the prayer of praise. Praise shifts your attention away from the problem and put your attention on the solution. So many times the problem is so big in our face. It's hard to Get it out of the way and see the bigness of our God. But praise helps you to get in the proper perspective. I have to show you one more Grand Canyon picture because I've I, I got a reason. So, simple question. Which is bigger, the Grand Canyon or Cindy and Kent? Which is bigger for real? Yeah, like way bigger. I'm glad you said that. The Grand Canyon is way bigger. But what appears to be bigger in that picture? Yeah, it's the perspective thing. That's what happens with the problem. Pardon me? Oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, right. So the, the, our problems are so big. They're so real. They're so huge. The pain, the doctor's report, the, the, the um, treatment, everything is often so big. The symptoms, the, the um, disability, whatever it is, is so big that it, it appears to be bigger than God. But it isn't. It's your perspective. So when we praise when we put our eyes on God, when we put our eyes like I did all last week when I was out west, everything I saw, I saw the majesty of God. When we see the bigness of God, however you see it, when we praise him, many of us see God in different ways. You might see it in his word. You might see it in praise and worship. You might see it in nature. You know, however God speaks to you, go there. Let him show himself strong. But we have to make the choice to go there. And one of the ways is through praise. So we're going to praise him right now with Psalm um, 96. It's going to be on the screen. We're just going to lift our voices together in praise. We're going to just wrap it up with praising God and putting our perspective, putting our eyes on our great big God. So read with me. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. Proclaim good news of his salvation from day to day. 
Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works and wonderful deeds among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For the gods of the peoples are worthless, lifeless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble in submissive wonder before him, all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Indeed, the world is firmly and securely established. It shall not be moved. He will judge and rule the people with fairness. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all the things it contains. Let the field be exultant and all that is in it. Then all the trees of the forest will sing for joy before the Lord, for he is coming. For he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the people in his faithfulness. Praise the Lord. He is great, and so greatly is he to be praised. Amen. Amen. So praise puts us in a proper perspective. I even recommend this. When you're praying, envision your problem behind God instead of in front of him. Instead of me here, my big problem here, and then praying to God about my big problem, Put your problem behind God. And then it's in the proper perspective. Me, my great big God, and that problem that God has already paid for and has already given me a promise for. It changes that perspective. It's powerful. The last thing about praise is not only does it change your perspective in a proper perspective, it also paralyzes the devil. This is the last scripture I'm going to read for you. This is Psalm 8, verse 1 and 2. Lord, your name is so great and powerful. People everywhere see your splendor. Your glorious majesty streams from the heavens, filling the earth with the fame of your name. So that's all about the power of creation, the splendor of God and his creation. And then it says, you've built a stronghold by the songs of babies. Strength rises up with the chorus of singing children. This kind of praise has the power to shut Satan's mouth. Childlike worship will silence the madness of those who oppose you. Wow. Childlike worship, childlike praise will shut the enemy's mouth. So it it gives two extremes. The splendor of creation worshiping God. And the tiniest, most innocent, most humble of all humanity, praising God and shutting the mouth of Satan. How much more powerful, believing believers built up in our most holy faith when we praise the enemy's mouth is shut. Amen. And then the next, the only thing left is to just keep standing. Keep 
this whole prayer that I just taught about consistently, consistently pray your prayers of petition with thanksgiving. Pray your prayers of authority, your prayers of agreement. Build yourself up is as you pray the in tongues in edification. Praise and worship God. It is powerful, effective prayer that avails much. And Hebrews 11 or 10, verse 35 and 36. Don't, do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence. You have confidence in those promises. Don't throw it away. For it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. Amen. 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 Okay. We are going to pray. Can't we put on some music, please? We're going to pray. See where Holy Spirit leads. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you with everything within me, God, that you have done your part. You have made the way when there was no way. And when we simply agree with you, the truth becomes reality in our lives. I thank you, Father. I thank you that you love us so much. I thank you for healing. I thank you for restoring. I thank you for redeeming. And I thank you even right now that you are here with us, moving, healing, loving, restoring. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. I know you're in me. I know you're in this place. I know you are in every one of your believers. But I acknowledge you. I acknowledge your presence and I trust you, Holy Spirit. So as we pray right now, we believe, we pray and we believe that we receive that which we ask. We stand in faith in your promises, God. You have told us they are all ours. They've been fulfilled through Christ and you say yes to them. Well, we're going to pray and we're going to say, amen, God. We're going to agree with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.